There we go. Oh my. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Yep. I'll do it for the Lord. That's right. <laughs> Jesus, I yo a shone Benal Sos Yeshes Kalne Archiniki Anishne Doshesida ABC. Jesus, I yo shone Jesus, I yo shone. Be at the honesty. 
And I'll start it off in English, and then if you guys want to help me in Navajo, that's cool too. Okay? Number 24 in the same red book. It is, I have decided to follow Jesus. 24. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided.
I tried. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God is good. Amen. Yes. Amen. Does the scripture say there's many languages, but if we don't understand what's being said, what good are they? Yes. Amen. <laughs> so, so it's important to me to learn a little Navajo, and I do understand some of it. I just can't pronounce it all, and um, I do better listening than I do speaking. Um, let's see. Hey, there it is again. Let's do that one. Um, 601 in the big red book. This one's 601. It's just yes, Lord, yes. It's an old um, one we used to sing as a, like a praise and worship song and just you know confessing to the Lord that when he says to move, we will move. And we're saying yes, Lord. Whatever you say to do, I will do. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. Stephanie turning pages. Praise God. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you glory. Praise your name, Jesus. We praise your name, Jesus. Glorify your name, Lord. Have your way in the service, God. Lord, we'll... Um, We'll just take this time to testify a little bit. Um, Larry reminded me of, of something that happened on the way when we were traveling back this way this last time. And, and it was late, getting late at night, and, and I had fallen asleep, and I wasn't paying any attention to the weather or where we were. And um, I do remember, it, to me, the way I remember it was before I fell asleep, he kept saying something about stopping in Meridian. And I thought, you know, I don't even know where Meridian is. I, was, I really was, must have been half asleep. And... and um, but I remember him saying the word meridian three times. And so then I, I suddenly woke up and was looking around and I was like, you know, maybe we should stop. And so, you know, I looked at the gas hand and I looked at his face and I was like, I think it's time to stop. And he, and, um, he said, where, where should we stop? I think maybe we should keep going. We can go a little bit further. And I said, you said meridian. I heard you say meridian three, th three times. I think we should stop. And he said, okay, I think you're right. So, so the next stop, I mean, this is where God woke me up like 15 minutes before the next exit. Or maybe less than that. It was just like immediately I pulled it up. The next exit was where we needed to get off. We got off. 
We got a hotel, a motel, and as soon as we got checked in, the bottom fell out. There were tornadoes, hurricane force winds. I mean, it was coming down hard. We got soaking wet and everything was closed. We ran into a Waffle House to get a cup of coffee. It was soaking wet. They closed the Waffle House right after they served us and everybody went home. And, and uh, the next morning we got up and we went into, um, they had like that free breakfast, you know, continental breakfast thing. And we went in there to get a, a, a cup of coffee and a waffle or whatever they might have. And, and we're sitting there, only, we're the only people in this little room. And, and I looked up and um, this lady came in and we had seen them check in about just a few minutes before we did or about the same time we did. And, and um, I didn't realize I had seen um, even her daughter walking around, you know, as they were getting ready to check in and uh, her adult daughter. But um, I didn't know that's who they were or, her, or that she was, they were even related at that time. So anyways, um, we, I saw her and she, was, she, was, she had like tremors and she was kind of shaking and she was fixing coffee for everybody. She had a little tray that she was taking back to the room and she kept shaking. And, and um, she, every time she would move her head, her, her whole head would kind of like shake like she was saying no. She just, her whole body, she looked like she couldn't control the tremors. And um, so I asked the Lord about praying for her. Would you have me to pray for her? What would you have me to do? And... Um, the next thing I remember was she kind of turned towards us and she picked up something or came past us and she greeted us. We said, good morning. And I commented on her necklace. She had a beautiful cross necklace on and it was um, just uh, like, what do you call them? Diamonds or something, you know, a little diamond studded, um, really pretty dainty cross necklace. So I commented on that and she began to comment back on her, her necklace and where her kids gave it to her. And it, it wasn't uh, valued it very much, but it meant a lot to her. And that, you know, and then she said, and sometimes it gives me a chance to talk about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I said, amen, amen. And then we just started talking. And the next thing, um, just within a few minutes, we shared where we, she said, where are you guys going? And was, I said, well, we're missionaries. We're headed back to New Mexico to the Navajo Nation. And she said, oh, my goodness. And she got really excited. And she started telling us how she had been to the Sioux Nation and, and that, um, how God had broken her heart over the people there, the situation there, and the, the need for um, the gospel and how that you can't just go storming up in there and think you're going to change everything overnight, but that you had to um, be led by the Spirit and plant those seeds and, and do what, you know, walk by the Spirit. And then... Um, just as we were getting ready to leave, she said, can we pray? And I looked at her and I said, I was waiting for you to ask that. That's what, that's what, you know, that's what I was expecting. This is the whole thing is about this. And so we, we grabbed hands, we began to pray and, um, we, we prayed over one another and I prayed over her in the spirit and the whole, man, we were, we had church up in that little, little kitchen area, kitchenette, whatever you call it, breakfast area. And, um, uh, the Holy Ghost was there. You could feel his presence so thick. I don't know where the attendant went. He kind of disappeared, I think. It was in the back room or something. And um, she said, she stopped and she looked at me and she said, I feel healing in your hands. And I said, I looked her square in the eyes and I said, you receive it. Receive this healing now. And I, I put my hand on her, my other hand on top of her hand. And I told her to receive it again. And she stopped shaking. And all, this, all the tremors left her and she was completely calm and peaceful and we, we went back into prayer again and we prayed for one another again I pray it felt led to pray for her daughter not knowing that that was the girl that we'd seen the night before and um after we prayed she said my daughter really needs the Lord and I told her you go back and you speak the words of life you speak what God tells you you just let God put the words in your mouth and um, we ministered to one another I don't want to make it sound like I just ministered to her because she ministered to me too and she encouraged me and, and strengthened us and and, uh, and blessed us. And so, I, it's, you know, you just never know when God is going to 
put that divine appointment in front of you when we walk in the Spirit and we're led by His Spirit. Amen? So it's, again, to calling us and reminding us to listen to that still, quiet voice. You know, He doesn't yell at us. He doesn't grab our car all the time and turn it around. He'll just say, go this way or go that way. And we have, it's our, our duty to listen. Amen? As children of God. Amen. Sister Stephanie, do you find one? Four ninety-three. We're recording this for the listening pleasure of those who uh, might want to listen on the podcast. <laughs> uh. Okay, glory to His name. Amen. That's a good one. Everybody ready? Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood of Christ, glory to His name, glory to His name, glory to His name, there to my heart singing to the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. One more? I'm still flipping through pages. One more? 
One more. Thank you, Jesus. Divine, what about 343? 343. Let's see what that one is. Amazing Grace? Yay, all right. I can do that. I'm always uh, in this book because I don't know it. Like some of the other ones I knew them by heart, but this one I haven't learned. And so I never know which song you guys are asking for when you say the numbers, but in some of the other books I knew. Okay, let's see. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. God, 
Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Amen. Praise God. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. We shall wear a crown. Yes, we shall wear a crown. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown in that new Jerusalem. Wear a crown. Wear a crown. Wear a bright and shining crown. And when the battle's chapter in the book of Ephesians, the whole package kind of. He's, he's breaking it down throughout those, those first um, several chapters there about salvation, about being filled with the Holy Ghost, about having the, the spiritual understanding and things. In chapter 4, he talks about walking in unity and, and about the spiritual gifts and how the spiritual gifts are important to us as walking in unity, that we need to be able to operate in the spiritual gifts. That we need, to, we need to be hungering and thirsting for the things of God, not for our own selves, but for the edification of the body of Christ. So that we can lift one another up, so that we can feel in the spirit. Well, hear the Holy Ghost say, hey, you need to give sister so-and-so a call. Or, hey, you need to go pray with sister so-and-so. Or, brother, brother so-and-so needs a, a word. Or, or, you know what? God can speak to you and say, right now, brother so-and-so is on the side of the highway with no gasoline. There goes my mic again. And he can say, go, go over there. If we pay attention, he'll do that. Amen? Amen. You know what? Help me out, Mary. We're moving up here. <laughs> Praise God. Our mic died, so we're just moving for another mic. Amen? Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. So then he, keep, he continues on in chapter 4 and 5. In chapter 4, he's talking about the spiritual gifts and how important it is for us to have the spiritual gifts in operation in our lives. It's on, but it's not very loud. It's important for us to have the, this, these op- gifts in operation in our lives, not for ourselves, but so that others can be edified, lifted up, so that the body of Christ can be glorified. Amen? Amen. It's important stuff. It's not just... There we go. It's not just for fun and games. It's not just so that we can feel good about ourselves or so we can feel important. Can you all hear me now? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So it's important. This is important stuff. He's not just saying it to... I had a teacher one time. She said, I'm not just up here uh, just for my own exercise. I'm not just up here flapping my lips, you know, for no good reason. She would say, I'm not up here for my own self. Amen? She was kind of sassy. But, you know, Paul's letting us know that it's important 
that Jesus died on the cross, that he gave his life, that we can be born again, and that it doesn't stop there, that we get filled with the Holy Ghost. And being saved is not the end of it. Amen? And he explains to us that, that your salvation hangs on you continuing in Christ until the very end. Amen? And that Christ will go with us, we know in the word, that he'll go with us to the very end if we'll stick with him. And that's where our salvation ends, right? That's the fullness of it. It's where it's fulfilled. So when we get saved, we are born again in Christ Jesus, but it's up to us to continue in it. But then he goes on to say, once you're saved, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and then you need to begin to operate in the gifts. Amen? Can you operate in gifts without being filled with the Holy Ghost? You might. As a precursor. But he, the ultimate way, the way he really wants it to be is for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You may have gifts and you may operate in certain gifts, but you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Because that's his spirit, the spirit of God. I heard somebody say this week, um, I wanted to do something and I want the Holy Ghost to come and have its way. And I want to tell you today, Holy Ghost is not it. Amen? Holy Ghost is he. Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. Amen? And we need to respect Him with the utmost respect. He's not, he's not a party favor. It's not something that we just get to come together and have a good time and shout and dance in the Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit of God. And we need to reverence Him and allow Him to move. Amen? Amen. You got something to say? Without the Holy Ghost, you won't have the witness and power it takes to minister fully. Amen. 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 Do y'all get that? Without the Holy Ghost, you won't have that witnessing power to operate fully in the gifts. And you may have a gift, but to operate in it to the fullest and to the best, the way that God would have it, would be for us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. All right. So when we look at this, these chapters in the book of Ephesians, and then we've gotten down to um, chapter 4, and he's talking to us about walking in unity and about the spiritual gifts. And then he talks to you about living your life as a new man or a new creature, what that's like in chapter 4. And then he goes on to say, don't grieve the Spirit. I'm just giving you a, a brief, quick overview of the, of the uh, book of Ephesians up to where we're coming to. Don't grieve the Spirit. It's important that we listen to what he has to say, that we allow the Spirit to move us, and that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by, by whom you were sealed. Verse 30, chapter 4, verse 30. For the day of redemption, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now, I want to I speak to y'all this morning and, and help you understand something. That he's speaking to Christians. He is speaking to the born-again Christians at the church of Ephesus, and yet he tells them, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you along with all malice. That means that as a born-again Christian, you might still struggle with some things. Amen? That you, you got saved, but that doesn't mean that you're not still in the flesh. You are still in the flesh. The flesh is still here. Pinch yourself. Do you feel it? It's still here. Amen? When you get about, about an hour and a half from now, your stomach's going to start to growl. Your flesh is still here. Amen? If I keep yelling through this mic loud enough at a high enough pitch, you might start getting a headache. Your flesh is still here. All right? So, <laughs> so we need to understand that the flesh is at enmity with God. It wrestles against us. 
Amen? The flesh is not on God's side. That's why it's important that we renew our mind. Amen? Every day. That we renew the spirit of our mind every day. That we crucify our flesh daily. Paul said, I die daily. Amen? One uh, great minister of, of the time, she said, I died a thousand deaths. Meaning that over and over and over again, you have to crucify your flesh. Amen? You got to put that thing down and pick up the cross. You got to pick up that new creature. Remind yourself who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen? I'm not talking positive self-talk. I'm not talking about your daily positive affirmation. Amen? I'm talking about the word of God that's alive and a well, and discerns between the mouth, is, it can, is so sharp as it can discern between the marrow and the bone, amen, that is that, that two-edged sword that can come in and do exactly what it needs to do. Positive affirmations are flighty, amen? amen. The power of positive thinking is lucid, it's loose, I don't know if lucid is the right word, it's loose, but the word of God is uptight and upright. Amen? You can quote me on that. That the word of God is not going to go out void. Amen? You can look at yourself and tell yourself all day long that you are... Let me make something up. Hmm. Okay, I'll make up something crazy. You can look at yourself every day in the mirror and say, I am a horse. I am a horse. I have a long flowing mane. I have big brown eyes with long luscious lashes. And I am a horse and I can run and I can jump and I can do all these things. And you'll never be a horse. Amen? That's, you, can, you can positively affirmate yourself into the grave. I don't even know if affirmate's a word, but it sounds right. And you, but the word of God is true. Amen? Speak the word of God over yourself. Be careful of these little things that are coming across your social media screens and across your, people send you on text. Not all of it is the word of God. Amen? A lot of it may have been derived in the word of God. That doesn't make it the word of God. Go find it in the scripture. Quote the scripture. Amen? Quote the word of God. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so I know where all that's coming from. The Holy Ghost knows. Amen. He knows where, where it's, where it's, what it's going out to do. He knows who needs to hear this this morning or whenever they're tuned into this. And be kind to one another. Verse 32 of chapter 4. He says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. We must forgive. If we want to be able to move the way we're supposed to move, if we want to minister the way we need to minister, if we want to see our loved ones saved, we've got to be able to love and be tenderhearted toward one another, not hard-hearted, not bitter, put all those things away from us. And be tender-hearted and forgive. Jesus said, "How they, the disciples asked, how many times must we forgive? And Jesus said, 70 times 7 in one day. And they didn't say, how many times must I forgive all of my brothers and sisters and everybody that I know? It was one person. That we must be willing to forgive 70 times 7 with one person. That's long-suffering, y'all. That's long-suffering. That's allowing the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, to move in you. Amen? Because in your own self, you won't be able to do it. Am I right? You'll begin to notice things fall off. When you begin to forgive and begin to move in the Spirit like this, other things will begin to fall away. When you notice things come upon you, check yourself. 
Have I forgiven? Am I holding something on the inside? Do I have a grudge? Have I been tender-hearted toward my brother and sister? Have I been tender-hearted towards my neighbor? Have I been kind? Have I loved my neighbor as myself? And you notice you have to love yourself before you can love your neighbor. You can't love yourself without Christ. Amen? It's true. We must be able to apply this word and understand the word where how it applies to us and what we, how we are to live this life in Christ Jesus. All right, so chapter 5, he begins to tell us how to walk in love. Amen? So we're in Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to read all the way down, if y'all will entertain me, if y'all tolerate it. So let's go ahead and start in verse 1. Therefore, this is chapter Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. And I'm reading from what here? I'm reading from the New King James. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Imitators of God. You know, when you grow up, I remember when our little boy was little, 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 just a little tiny thing, he imitated his dad. Everything his dad did, he did. It was the cutest thing ever. And, you know, his uncles would come over, and he wouldn't imitate his uncles. Praise be to God. But he would imitate his dad. He would walk like his dad. He'd make some sounds like his dad. He liked all the things his dad liked. And even to this day, sometimes he'll say, and I am my father's son, my dad's son, knowing that, you know, that's where he got some of the things that he does, some of his ways. <laughs> so we need to be imitators of our father. We need to imitate God. Understanding, as we continue to read these scriptures, we're going to see where all these things, everything that Christ did is to bring us back into right standing with our Father God. Amen? That we be reconciled to Him, redeemed back to Him, so that we have a relationship with Father God. Amen? Amen. So let us be imitators of God as dear children of God and walk in love, verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. It was sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord, Father God. Verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. You are saints of God. These things should not be named among you. It should not be even rumored. Now, that's not to say it won't be because it was rumored of Christ himself. Amen. They will lie against you. They will make up stuff against you. They will, they will make up all manners of lies and try to turn you in. For stuff you didn't even do. That didn't ever even enter your heart or your mind to do. But he says it should not be so. That you don't give place to that. You don't let it look like that. That you abstain from every appearance of evil. Amen? That's why we're taught. You know, we teach in youth group. We're taught in some of the churches. I think Sister Marjorie's been to some of these classes. Maybe Sister Beth. Where they teach you even how to hug. Because there was a problem in the church, everybody just loved everybody so much. They were all just, you know, really embracing and hugs. And so we had to learn what we call down south, we call it the, the side sister hug. So when we hugged our, our brother in Christ, it was like this from the side, right? Not, not a full-on hug. Huh? We had to, we had to, they had to have classes to teach people this. Yeah. And so we learned, you know, and now, now you have the, the fist bump and the, the elbow, <laughs> the COVID touch. But, you know, we've learned that, that, that when, we, when you do that, even in that, you've got to be careful. Amen? You've got to be led by the Spirit. 
You hear me? It's dangerous. It can be dangerous. But we need to allow the Holy Ghost to lead us. You don't just run around embracing every single person you see. Amen? You can imagine that Paul said in another place, he said, greet so-and-so with a holy kiss because that was the manner of the, the custom then. Could you imagine if you ran around greeting everyone with a holy kiss? Somebody going to be talking about you. And it's going, to turn, it's going to turn your church down. It's going to turn people away from Christ. We have to be led by the Spirit. Amen? Okay, let me get back on this. As is fitting for saints, as is becoming you as a Christian, as it is becoming you as a saint, you are growing in Christ. These things need to look like, you need to look like Christ to the world. You need to, you need to be, that's who we are. We're sent as ambassadors of Christ to be Christ to the world, to represent him. Verse 4, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. I don't really see a problem with a lot of that here in this church and within this congregation. We don't, I don't hear a lot of foolish jesting. I don't see a lot of, you know, I don't see filthiness. I don't see y'all conducting yourselves in a, in a manner that's ungodly. But we need to know these things and teach our children our children's children. Amen? These things need to be spoken in other churches and other places where we go that they understand that we don't, this, that's not Christ-like. Sometimes we had to rebuke, you know, our brother or sister in Christ. You know, no, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry, we don't joke like that. Amen? No, no, that's, that's really not funny. It might make something inside of you. I, I used to have to explain it to my youth. They would say, I don't understand why I, I would laugh at something like that. I really don't think it's funny. It has something to do with your, your flesh. And sometimes some people say things and you feel embarrassed. And sometimes you laugh because you don't know how to respond. Am I right? Especially maybe our young people, you might hear a, a joke that's kind of off color, that's just that's, um, lewd or rude, and you might laugh. And when you walk away, you think, why did I laugh at that? That was not good, right? Well, we need, it, it, it comes down to that crucifying the flesh, self-control, allowing the Holy Spirit to move in us because that is a fruit of the Spirit is self-control, that we learn that, that we, we, we say, you know, let it be known. I'm sorry, I really don't think that's funny. I'm sorry. You don't have to say I'm sorry. You just say I really don't think that's funny. You know? And people people will understand. People will move on and change the way they talk around you. When I used, was a young Christian, I worked at a glass company, and I was a, worked at the front desk. And the, the, the workers, they learned not to say that. I didn't say anything to them. They saw me reading my Bible on my lunch break. They heard me listening to Christian music because I had the front office to myself. And when they, they would go in the back room where they worked and did all the construction stuff, but when they came and they would do whatever they did back there. Sometimes they were drinking, sometimes they were cursing, sometimes they had catfish stew and they would make, you know, have all this like a party. And they would come in and they would say, they would bring me a bowl of soup. They would knew better than to ask me if I wanted to come back there. They would not even, that was off limits. They wouldn't invite their, they, they, they treated me kind of like a little sister, like, like they were too, you know. Like I was too good for that? I don't know. And so they, they wouldn't invite me in there. And I was glad. I didn't want to go in there. When they came in there, they were on my turf. And I got to witness to them and let the light of Jesus shine. Amen? And so when they would come, they would ask me questions about the Lord. My boss asked me about God. He asked me about forgiveness. He asked me about redemption. Um, but when they were in the back, before the, you know, some of them 
Their lives began to turn around while I was there. They would not curse even in front of me. They wouldn't even say, you know, a bad word. Because they knew. So you've got to let yourself, let Jesus in you be known. Not to be proud and, proud and boastful, that's not of God. But to be tender-hearted and forgiving. Amen? So if they curse, you don't start, you know, blasting them out and telling them, like, how horrible and wretched person they are. You're tender-hearted towards them. But you let them know that's, you know, I don't, I don't talk that way. You don't engage in it. In other words, you don't have to start cussing back, you know, to fit in. You don't have to try to be relevant. Amen? Does that, that make sense? Okay. All right. So keep going. Let's read verse 5. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. None. He has no inheritance in the old i mean not the old testament in the book of revelation he gives a, a list and it's not an, it's kind of an exhaustive list but there's more to it but he says there's no liars will enter in no thieves no whoremongers no this no that no drunkards he goes down a long list of those who will not enter into the kingdom of heaven amen these are things that cannot be named among you as being christians amen so you cannot, as a Christian, you will not have these things happening in your life. These things will fall off and they will go away. You have to resist, submit to God, resist the devil, and the enemy will flee from you. Amen? You have to renew your mind, crucify your flesh, and push these things down there under your feet. They try to manifest. They try to come up. They try to remind you of what you did when you were a sinner. And they, 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 sometimes aromas and smells come around. They try to entice you. Like in the cartoon, you can see the, the smoke come up and kind of like pull them, pull them in. You know, that's a, that's a, a seducing spirit. Amen? And so it tries to in, seduce you back into it. When you walk into a restaurant and you smell that smell and it's enticing to you, leave. Amen? You don't have to eat there. They try to sit you at the bar, and that's something that you're you know, still dealing with. Don't sit at the bar. Amen? I won't sit at the bar. I'll go sit out, outside in my car and eat. I don't want to be seen at the bar. Amen? I had a huge confrontation one time with a, a, a waitress trying to sit us at the bar. We're like, we don't want to sit at the bar. But you're going to have to wait for 45 minutes. That's fine. We'll wait right here. Amen? I don't want to sit there. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to be around it. Amen? So we need to um, be able to stand up for what we believe and be able to um, take those opportunities. That's an opportunity for you to be a witness. Amen? Okay, verse 6. Let no one deceive you. Here we go. With empty words. Because of those things with the wrath of God. Let me read that again. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. The sons of disobedience are the ones who don't heed the things that are being taught right here in the word of God. The things that, that maybe, maybe they, they went to church one time. Maybe they, they said, I'm going to be a Christian. Maybe they said... Maybe they said those things. Maybe they didn't. But yet they continue to walk in disobedience. They don't line up with the word of God. Amen? You should know a tree by the fruit it bears. The Bible tells us to try the spirits to see if they be of God. Just because someone says, thus saith the Lord. Just because someone says, I'm going to prophesy. It doesn't mean they're speaking the word of God. Amen? 
You got it? We need to be careful what we give heed to, what we lend our ears to, what we lend our heart to, what we sow our money into. We need to be careful and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, and he will bear witness. And you have brothers and sisters in Christ who the Holy Ghost should bear witness in them as well. Amen? There should be people in your life that you say, what do you feel about this? What's God showing you about this? If you're not sure, ask your brother and sister in Christ. Amen? Verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Where is the fruit of Spirit? It is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. It is up to us to find out and to try what is acceptable before God. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Light exposes darkness. Light exposes what's in the darkness. Amen? So we need to be willing to expose them and let those things be shown up. When, they, when you put something that's um, perfect next to something that's imperfect, then you can tell the difference. You might have a Rolex watch and it looks really good, but when you compare it to a, you know, a fake one and you compare it to a real Rolex, you can tell a little minute differences. You can pick it up in your hand and feel the difference. Someone told me the other day, or a little while back, it was um, a, ju- a jeweler, and they were learning about different types of stones. And they told them, when you pick up, they would pick up this stone, and you hold this stone in your hand, and you, they, they would hold it every single day so that they would know what it felt like. And then when they handed them the fake, they knew immediately that you learned, huh? Yeah, you can tell the difference. And I, you, I, <laughs> this one's funny. Okay, so you order a bag of cheeseburgers at Blake's, right? And somebody gets the whole cheeseburger. They get the, the, the works, the whole thing, maybe minus onions. And then somebody else just gets a cheeseburger, right? Cheeseburger plain. And when you open up that bag, you don't have to unpeel it and look at it. You don't have to look for the writing. You can feel it. This one's Larry's. This one's Asher's. This one's, you can tell. Amen? So when that's discernment. That's not spiritual discernment. It's just discernment. You can tell the difference between the big, the, the big heavy one and the light one. That's, this one's the, the dad's burger and this one's the kid's burger. Does that make sense? So when you put these two things together, you'll be able to tell the difference. The light exposes the darkness. Perfection exposes imperfection. Excellence exposes not excellence. Amen. Verse 12. For it is shameful to even speak of those things which are done by them in secret. We don't even want to talk about what's going on. It's so filthy and so lewd. We should not entertain these conversations. Amen. Sometimes people want to tell you all the gory details. And I got an email the other day that was talking about the things that are being taught in the schools and the new the curriculums that they're they're pushing into some of the schools. And he said, I can't even write in this letter the stuff that they're putting into your kids' libraries. I can't even let it cross my pen. It's so disgusting. That's terrible. Amen? So it was enough to know that it's lewd. It's enough to know that it's too much information for a child, much less probably an adult. Amen? That they were putting these things into the school systems. And so they want, we don't need to talk about all of it. 
We don't need to look at it. We don't need to read all of it. People want to go, well, I want to go read the entire book. I want to go see. No. There was a, 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 I would say probably famous person who started building mega churches many years ago. And this person decided that it was important to be able to reach people who are bound with by pornography, which is true. They need to be set free, right? Do I need to know what they were looking at? No. Do I need to say, hey, can you bring those magazines over here so I can see everything that's in there so I'll know what you're... No. No. Amen? No, God forbid. But this guy taught that, and he sent his interns, his teenage, college-age interns out into pornography stores to go buy the stuff to bring it back to do research. That is not of God. Amen? Not of God. I'll stop right there. We don't need to know all that stuff. It doesn't need to be spoken of. We need to expose them for what they are, cut it off, and share the gospel. Amen? Let the gospel do the work. Let, let this, this, the truth, the truth will do the work. The truth sets people free. Verse 13. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, O you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Now, as Paul has been talking about walking in light and walking in love and walking in uh, unity and all those things, here we come into walking in wisdom. He says in verse 15, see then, you see all this stuff that we've already talked about? See then that you walk circumspectly. That means to walk upright, to walk as men and women of God, to walk upright, not as fools, but as wise. That we walk upright as men and women of God, that we present ourselves a living sacrifice. If that sacrifice was pure and spotless, amen? Jesus was the spotless lamb. If we're going to walk upright and, and circumspectly, we must present our lives a living sacrifice, pure and holy, pure and acceptable to him, amen? So that we do not walk as fools. We don't walk as those who, who reject God. We don't walk as a, a, a court gesture, making you know, foolish jesting and cutting up and, and acting foolish. We walk as men and women of God. Amen? Uprightly. As blood-bought ones. Do we remember that throughout the day that I am bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ? The Son of the living God? I don't need to hear this stuff coming into my ears. I don't need that stuff coming into my eyes. Amen? I don't need to eat that stuff. I'm, this is the, the temple of God. I need to take care of what God has given me. I need to be a good steward of all that he has given me. Amen? Not just the cash flow. Not just the harvest. But everything that he has given us. We must be good stewards of it. And he says that he gives can make us and give us wisdom. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, I know as Brother Larry was even praying this morning, he touched on this, that the time is getting close, that things in the world are evil, and the things are happening all around us. We need to walk uprightly, making good use of our time, being good stewards of our time, because the days are evil. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow because there's enough evil today for you to deal with. It's sufficient, right? 
There's enough stuff going on today that you just need to let me help you. Let the Holy Ghost navigate you through today. And he's already taking care of tomorrow. Amen. He holds tomorrow in his hands. Amen. Therefore, do not be unwise. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand. Be wise. Be wise. Be wise. And understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That verse, I just want to throw that in there and testify. That verse right there is what um, my two oldest daughters were filled with the Holy Ghost when they were uh, just barely teenagers. One was 12 and one was 13. No, one was 10 and one was 13, almost 13. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost because they saw in the Bible that he says, be filled with the Spirit. That's all. They wanted to be filled with the Spirit. The Bible said be filled with the Spirit. God, Jesus said be filled with the Spirit. They said, I want to be filled with the Spirit. And in our living room, they were filled with the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen. Amen. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So where we, what we see right here is that we are to walk in wisdom and that we are to use what we are given wisely, that you are given 24 hours in a day. How do you use it? What do you do in those 24 hours? Well, I don't have the statistics in front of me. I know a lot of people like to teach on how many hours you spend sleeping and how many hours you spend eating and, and things like that. But I, I just want to ask you, what do you do with that 24 hours? What are your, how do we spend? What did you do yesterday? You had 24 hours. What did you do for the Lord within that 24 hours? How do we redeem that time? Amen. Even when we're at work, even when we're doing our household chores, no matter what it is, we can be praying in the Spirit, building up ourselves in the most holy faith. We can be worshiping and singing, and, and we could write, we can grab a little postcard and write a postcard and send it to someone, tell them, God bless you, um, I'm praying for you. You can text somebody when you have a free moment and let them know you're praying for them. Pray for them. Don't just text them. Pray for them or ask them. Sister Robin always asks me, what, you know, what, what can we pray for you about? You can ask people, what can I pray for you about? You don't know what to do with yourself? Pray. Amen? You don't know what to do with yourself? Worship. Even better than that, get into the presence of God and say, Lord, what do I need to do with myself? Amen? All right, so turn with me. Now, I want, I want you to get this because he's talking to us about being wise. And, and Jesus told us to be gentle as doves, but wise as a serpent. Now, that doesn't mean we need to act like serpents, but that we need to be wise. Amen? Stealthy. We move about like the spirit, like the wind. We're moved about like the wind. Turn with me to First Corinthians, I think. That's where I'm going. Nope, I'm sorry. Hold on. Back up. Hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Look at first um Okay, Lord. Okay, 1 Corinthians. Yeah, we're in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm sorry. Kind of lost my place there for a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 
here he's talking about, now we're talking about redeeming the time and doing things with wisdom. He's talking about um, doing things decently and in order. So we're going to um, kind of fast forward in this one. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in verse 26, he begins to talk to the brothers and sisters there about um, being used by in gifts and speaking in tongues and having revelations and um, and have an interpreter. So in verse 29, we'll pick up right there. <clears throat> yeah, in verse 29, I'm sorry. In verse 29, let two or three prophets speak and let others judge. But if anything is, is revealed, so he's talking about doing things decently and in order. That's what I was trying to get out of my mouth there. That he's wanting us to do understand that we use wisdom in the house of God. When we come together in our, you know, in your daily life, you use wisdom. Wisdom is from God. The kind of wisdom that comes from God. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. It all begins when you begin to fear God. Amen. So we see that in verse 29, he says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to the others who sit by, let the first keep silent for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. So he's letting you understand that the, in the church, the body of Christ, we don't. not everybody needs to be trying to prophesy all at the same time. Not everybody needs to be speaking in tongues at the same time. Not, sometimes you go to meetings, maybe you've been to a tent meeting or something, and everybody seems to be speaking in tongues at the same time. That's not always bad. If the Spirit's in it, and some of their and they're speaking to the Lord in themselves, like he goes on to tell them. Then you speak in the Lord, it's just you and God speaking, right? That's during the worship service, that's during the, like that. But when the preacher's preaching and then somebody begins to speak in tongues over here, and then somebody else begins to speak in tongues over here, and somebody else is over here, that's that becomes chaos. People, you know, it's subject to you as as that it's subject to your spirit, how you're gonna respond. The Holy Ghost might move on you and you might pray in tongues quietly. Amen? But it's not for you to just be, begin to you know, blurt out something that's not a message in tongues. And you will know. The Holy Spirit will move on you. And he'll, he'll teach you and he'll train you. Does it happen sometimes? Yes. Are we forgiving? Yes. Are we going to judge you into the ground? No. What we need to understand is that, that we're learning. Amen? And so when you see a person do that, you might want to, if it's a young person or somebody young in the Lord, maybe we need to encourage them. Amen? Maybe they need to, you know, did you hear? Did the Lord tell you that was a message in tongues? You know, kind of help them, train them through it. Amen? But don't be afraid. Because the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He leads us and guides us in all truth and righteousness. He is not the author of confusion. Amen? Is this making sense? All right, so we see, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And on that verse, I want us to turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. So we see that we are to do things decently and in order, that we are to use wisdom and apply wisdom and be led by the spirit of wisdom, Holy Ghost. It's full of wisdom. All the wisdom of God is in him. So we need to look at um, verse 
First John, First John. It's near the back of the Bible, right? Just before Revelation, there. First John, chapter four. First John, chapter four, and he says, "Beloved, beloved." He lets them know, "I love you, and I, what I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you in love." Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Do not believe every person. Just because even if you hear a person speak in tongues, there are false tongues. Right? So we need to have that discernment of spirits, of, of the Holy Ghost. We need to try the spirits to see if they be of God. We need to weigh things out. Amen? You need to be able to tell what's going on. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, can you imagine this was like over 2,000 years ago, and they already had many false prophets? Well, almost from, since the beginning, almost, we've had false prophets. Amen? So he said, don't think that they're not false prophets now. We need to be, be aware of them and be able to see them and recognize them. Verse 2, by this you will know the Spirit of God. So this, I want you to be careful with this. This has been taught as a, in a definitive as just one verse. The Bible teaches us that Scripture interprets Scripture. And it's precept upon precept that we need to understand them together. Amen? All right, so let's look at verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now notice this. It has to be, it says every spirit. Not just a person speaking with their mouth. Not just um, someone confessing that Jesus is Lord. I've seen that. I've seen ministers cast demons out of people, and then ask the person to say, Come say it after me, Jesus is Lord. And then I've seen that person shout out, after a little coaxing, shout out Jesus is Lord, and then go right back into the same sin and pick up even more demons, or never even get delivered. What was that? Then people come and they say, but he said Jesus was Lord, how could he do that? The demons know that he is Lord, and they tremble, and they call him Lord. Is that scripture? They even call him son of David. They know who he is, right? So it's not just a person or someone saying Jesus is Lord that, that will show you that they are of God. Many a false prophet has proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. Amen? So we need to be understanding of what's being said here. That he's not saying, he, he's saying that, that their, their very spirit has to be regenerated and born again and therefore and thereby that they can confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and he is of God. That Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary. Amen? That is more than just that. Amen? Their very spirit. In other words, your spirit filled with the Holy Ghost will bear witness to their spirit. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of God bears witness to our spirits. Amen? That we are sons of God. We have to take these scriptures and, and layer them. Amen? Y'all are getting real quiet and studying. I like that. Write it down. Write it down. Go look it up. 
Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So you know, there is a spirit that will say that Jesus Christ has not come yet. And we know that's not of God. That's easy, right? We, that, that one's easy to say, oh, you say Jesus hasn't come yet. Well, that's, that's not true. Jesus has come. How do we know? And he breaks it all down through the, um, into the scriptures where we see how we know that Jesus came. Pa Paul even breaks it down even further to say that we, you, we saw him. The disciples saw him. Thousands of people saw him. Another group of people over here saw him after he was uh, risen from the dead. And, and I saw him, but I saw him in a different kind of way, he said. Amen? So he says, you know, and, and as born-again Christians, we have seen him in the Spirit. Our spirit has bore witness to him and that he is risen. Verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You do not need to fear them. You do not have fear of those who, who are the Antichrist. You don't have fear of those who are, are come and, and professing and confessing the wrong things. We are not afraid of false prophets. Amen? We, have, we are overcomers, and we have even overcome them because Christ is in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Verse 5, they are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So when you take all of that and you put it together and you examine what John is saying right there and you weigh it out, then you can see a little bit better what he's talking about, about being able to discern whether or not a person is of God or not. Amen? Whether this be a false prophet or an antichrist or is this a man or a woman of God, there will be proof. Amen? Positive proof in their ministry. Am I right? Do we understand? So it's all of these things that we see when we look at it in verse, even verse 6, that by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, that they won't even hear it. When you try to tell them what the word of God says, and they won't hear it, they won't receive it. The Holy Ghost moves on you and gives you a word from them, and they reject it. They won't receive it. They won't hear it. Don't go with them. Amen? Don't line yourself up with them. Expose them, the Bible says. Cut yourself off and move on. All right, let's look at, where are we? Oh, okay. Colossians chapter 4. Colossians. Colossians is just in front of Thessalonians or right after Ephesians. Colossians chapter 4. The Lord wants us to understand that we are to redeem our time wisely. That we, and, and in this, we're walking in wisdom and we're not using our time and God's time up chasing after erroneous doctrine. We're not wasting our time in church doing, uh, not understanding how to be moved by the Spirit. We are investing our time learning how to be used by the Spirit. We are investing our time reading His Word and learning of Him. We're investing our time. 
telling other people that Jesus loves them. You can't go wrong telling someone that Jesus loves them. Jesus loves everybody. Amen? All souls are his. No matter where they come from, no matter what they've done, they still have a soul, and Jesus still loves them, and he's still after them. Amen? Everybody there? Colossians? It's right in front of Thessalonians, right after Ephesians. It's one of those funny little books. Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians. Uh, let's just start in 4, verse 2. We're starting verse 2 while you guys are turning. Continue earnestly in prayer. That would be redeeming your time properly. Continue earnestly in prayer. That would be wise. Be vigilant. Be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Be earnest in your prayers. Give thanksgiving. Be vigilant in it. Get before the Lord. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. The more you give thanks for things, the more you're going to receive you don't give thanks so you can receive more, but the more you, um, it's a principle. The more you give thanks, the more you lift him up, the more you glorify him, the more you're going to receive. Amen. I love Brother Marlon said, well, praise the Lord. You know, when we touched the mic and it finally came on and we're all like, what, what just happened? Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. They had this one set up. Amen. Back up, Mike. Praise God for all that he does. Give thanks. With a grateful heart, we give thanks and we continue on in it, being vigilant, meaning that we're not wasting time. We're not, we're not going to slack off on it. We be vigilant in it. Meanwhile, verse 3, I like this one. Meanwhile, verse 3, uh, pray for us. Pray for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I also am in chains that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So pray for your ministers. Pray for the men and women who are, are on the front lines out there sharing the gospel. Pray for them that God would open a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. Understanding that we are in chains. We are bondservants to Christ. Bondservants to the word of God. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Verse 5. You walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. There it is again, redeeming the time. Ephesians 5.16, redeem the time. Colossians 4.5, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer one another wisdom walking uprightly redeeming the time that the thing you know have you ever misspoken something you said something out of the flesh oh my goodness it opens such a can of worms and you spend so much time trying to clean up that mess and so much time trying to patch it up and now you wasted all this time that's not redeeming the time right i think we're all guilty i'll put both hands up i know i am right I've said, just, just transferring from one culture to the other, one side of the country to the other, the way we say things can be misconstrued, misunderstood. 
We talk different here in New Mexico. New Mexicans have a whole different way of talking and interacting with each other. Southerners, you know, we have the Southerners in South Carolina, there's a reputation that we're supposed to be hospitable people. And, and we're supposed to love hospitality and we're supposed to be, uh, let, you know, come on over to our house, y'all, and you can have some, I'll, I'll have some pie on for you. And I can't help but feel that a lot of it's just superficial. You know, it looks good on the, sur- on the surface. There's a welcome mat at the door, flowers and ferns hanging everywhere. and You can smell pie, but when you go in, you don't really feel very welcome. And if you say hi to somebody out in public, you would think they'd say, well, hey there, how you doing? Like on you know, Mayberry. It's not like that. You say, hey, how you doing? Hi. You better not say hi. You say, hey, they're just like, who are you? Where'd you come from? Yeah. But here, yeah, I'm, I know I'm on recording. Don't mean to offend anyone. But when, when we go, I go into the, the stores here, and I just love it. I mean, I just start crying sometimes because the women are just joking around about, you know, groceries. Nothing bad. They're just talking. Oh, my goodness, I left my wallet last time. And they're just, you know, everything's funny. You've got to find joy, amen? And you find joy, and you, and you don't mind talking to the person in front of you. You don't mind saying, oh, girl, I like that dress you're wearing. That, where'd you get those shoes? Or, oh, that's a, that's a really nice, what do you think about this? Have you ever tried this food? Have you ever bought this before? People talk to one another. In the land of hospitality where I come from, they stick their nose in, each, in the air and don't want to talk to you. It's sad. I'm talking about the Bible Belt. We can go to church and they just kind of like, they don't even say Hi. They don't, they don't want to shake your hand. They're just like, well, first one out the door gets to the pizza first. It's like, what? Okay. Have a nice day. So we need to be, you know, we, the Bible tells us to be lovers of hospitality. Amen? To redeem the time. So we need to be careful how we speak. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to temper us. And like he says right here, let it be seasoned with salt. That you may know how you ought to answer one another. And before this thing cuts itself off, I just want to read verse 5 again. Walk in wisdom toward those who are on the outside, redeeming the time. So we walk in wisdom to those that are on the outside, those who are not saved, those who are not coming to church, those who don't know Jesus. We need to walk in wisdom toward them. We need to walk in wisdom toward them, redeeming the time, making the most of that moment, of that time that we're in their presence or that they're in our presence. Redeem that time. Make the most of it. Walk in wisdom. Amen? Amen. There's a little little bit of something in there for everybody, for the church, for your home, for, for your witnessing. The Lord had a really good whole packaged message this morning, so we give him thanks and we give him glory. And Father, we just come before you right now in the name of Jesus, God. We close this service, God, but we don't walk away without giving you honor and giving you glory and thanking you for your word that you have given, for what you have imputed into us this morning, Father. God, I pray that that every word that, that you have in this, in this word of God, every word that is alive, Father God, that we go back and we look over it and we study it some more and we become even more wise in your ways, more directed by your spirit, God, as we seek your face in all that we do. We seek to bring you glory in all that we do. Everything that we lay our hands to, God, let it bring you glory, God, as we are led by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you glory. Amen. Amen.